I have a confession to make. I have a secret sin. You may be thinking, I knew it! He's not perfect. Far from it. I have a confession to make. And that confession is, the secret sin of mine is pride. Oh, that's it? Pride, Sean? Just pride? Absolutely. To some of you, it may not seem like such a secret. But deep down inside, I have a heart of pride. And let me tell you how that pride manifests itself. Let me tell you how that sin manifests itself, how that pride comes out of me. And that pride comes out, that sin comes out when I compare myself to others. Specifically when it comes to God's blessings. You see, I'm one of those people that looks at others and says, why them? I don't look at me and say, why me as much. I look at others and say, why them? Why should they be blessed in this way? Why should they be blessed in that way? Why do they have those things and I don't? I compare myself to other people. I'm not as bad as they are. I don't sin in the way that they do. I am better than them. And so I compare myself to others. I compare my sinfulness or my perceived lack of sinfulness to the sins of other people. And I think they don't deserve what they have and I deserve better. Let me tell you where this really came out and that was about six years ago when my house was eaten by termites. And I had to move out for five months. Me and my family had to move out for five months. Some of you remember the termites. Many of you don't. You weren't here yet. But the termites ate my home. We had to move out for five months. And at the same time, uh, my wife had, uh, was still awaiting disability. She was uh, disabled because of a back injury. And, and things were tight and things were hard and things were stressful. And it was like, why are we going through this? Why do we have to deal with this? Why is this happening to us? Not that I would wish it upon anybody else, but why is it happening to us? And I look at other people and think, that, why do they succeed? Why do they have such blessings? Why isn't their house eaten by termites? And so I compare myself to other people, and it comes from a heart of pride. It, it comes from a heart of self-righteousness. That somehow I can stand before God, and I can say to God, look at me. I am a good Christian. Look at me. I am a good guy. Look at me. I am a good pastor. I'm a good preacher. I'm a, I'm a good minister. Look at me, God. How could you not bless this? Look at me, Lord. Why would you give to them what I so deserve? It's a Pharisee problem. And let's face it, we all have a Pharisee problem. Because we look at other people and we compare ourselves to other people. We all have a pride problem. We all have a comparison problem. Because we look at other people and we compare ourselves to them, right? And if you do this, and if you compare yourself to other people, and, and, and maybe their sins, 
You compare yourself to other sinners and think, well, you know, they're, 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 they're bad. Those people over there. If you use the words, those people, you have a comparison problem. You have a Pharisee problem. You have a pride problem. Those people are out. We people, we are in. We are righteous. We are justified. We are God's people. We are good people. We are good Christians. Those people are out. They are not like us. They are not good Christians. They are not God's people. Those people versus us people. It's a comparison problem. And it comes from a place of pride. It comes from a place of being a Pharisee. And today we're going to talk about a Pharisee. We're going to talk about this Pharisee problem of ours. As we talk about comparing ourselves to other people. As we talk about this comparison thing that we do. Now, we've been studying ourselves on Sunday morning. It's a sermon series that I've called Selfie. And we're talking about uh, different aspects of the self. First, we talked about self-denial and how Jesus says we have to take up our cross daily and follow him. We have to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. We talked about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Then we talked about self-control. And we talked about specifically controlling our emotions, uh, specifically controlling our anger when we talked about self-control. And then last week, uh, we talked about uh, um, self-esteem and how our esteem, how we feel about ourselves, should not necessarily come from within or or from what other people say about us, but what Jesus says about us. Because like I said last week, Jesus thinks you're to die for. And he did just that. He died on the cross for you and for me. He died on the cross for our sins so that if we will believe in him, repent from our sins, confess our faith, be baptized, we will be washed clean in the blood of the Lamb, we will be forgiven and set free, we will have hope for eternity. We talked about self-esteem and how it really doesn't matter what other people think about you, it's about what Jesus thinks about you. And he's crazy about you. Well, today, we are talking about self-righteousness as we close this series on selfie next week we're going to start a series called signs and we're going to look at different signs that i've seen around um in uh, in the news and in different places we're going to talk about signs for about three four weeks then we're going to talk about stewardship for a couple weeks and then we're going to talk about <gasps> christmas <laughs> it's that close folks it's that close um just a couple months away really um so we're gonna that's where we're going over the next several weeks uh leading up to the new year Uh, But for today, I want to talk about self-righteousness and comparing ourselves to other people. This Pharisee problem of pride that we have. I want to talk about this for just eh, 10, 15 minutes. As we look at a parable that Jesus told, Jesus told the story in the book of Luke. uh, And he told several stories in the book of Luke. Luke records a lot of Jesus' parables. And a parable, I've always heard it uh, said, the definition of a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. There's a deep meaning that Jesus used. Uh, he's such a word master. He used uh, uh, common, ordinary, everyday things with which his people were familiar. And then he would take those and then he would apply them to the kingdom of God. He would apply them to heaven. And so today we're going to look at Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. If you've got your Bible, if you, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you or you can 
pull it up on your phone or your tablet. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14 is where we are. It's on page 742 of the Bible in the chair in front of you. Page 742, uh, and it's Luke chapter 18, 9 through 14. And I want to talk today about this Pharisee problem we have. And we're going to define what a Pharisee is, and we're going to talk about how we compare ourselves to other people in order to feel better about ourselves. But in reality, it's not, it's not about comparing ourselves to other people. There's something bigger at stake. So let's look at Luke 18, 9 through 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness, that's just another way of saying self-righteousness, the righteousness of the self, their own righteousness, and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable, this story. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, this is the only time he refers to God, by the way. He says God, and then everything else is I. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, oh my, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. And I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. He beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. The Pharisees were the holy Joes of their day. They were looked at as better than everyone else. They were the holy guys. They were the ones that you looked at and thought, there's a Pharisee. He's got it all together. He's a good guy. He's what we would call a good Christian. They weren't Christians then. They were Jews. But that's what we would look, in our day, we would look at somebody and go, they're a really good Christian. They are really holy. They have really got it all together. They are, they are God's favorites. And the, the Pharisees were looked up to. And we tend to think, when we hear Bible stories about the Pharisees and their run-ins with Jesus, we tend to think that, that they're the bad guys, that they're the, uh, the, the, the enemy, the antagonist. But in those days, they were looked up to. Uh, the Pharisees were uh, in charge. Uh, they, what they would do is they would interpret God's word, and then they would tell other people how to follow God's word. And they would interpret it to the nth degree. And so they would tell you that you have to, in order to be pleasing in God's sight, you would have to obey the word of God the way that they obeyed the word of God. Uh, the Pharisees, listen to this, what he says when he defends himself, when he talks about his own righteousness. I thank you that I am not like other men. He compares himself to other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers. I thank you, God, that I am not like them. No, no, instead of being a robber, an evildoer, or an adulterer, this is what I do. I tithe a tenth of all I get. I am a good guy. I fast twice a week, probably Monday and Thursday. That's what they did. Even though the law did not require them to, the law said that they only needed to fast on the Day of Atonement. This Pharisee was a, a super spiritual guy. I fast not once, but twice a week. And who is he telling this to? 
Whose benefit is this for? Is it for the benefit of God? Lord, you who know everything know exactly what I do. So I'm going to tell you anyway? Or is it for the benefit of those around him, the benefit of those in the temple, the benefit of those listening? Look at me! I am super spiritual guy. I fast twice a week. I tie the tenth of all I get. I am not like other people. I'm not like those people. I'm not even like this guy over here. See, there are three characters in this story, and the first is the Pharisee. And the Pharisee says, I'm not like the second character, who's the tax collector. Tax collectors were considered traitors. They worked for the Romans. They collected taxes for the Romans. The evil despised uh, Gentile Romans. They would, they would not only collect taxes for them, but they would cheat their own people for their own profit. They would cheat their own people, so they were considered treasonous traitors. And the tax collectors were despised. They were looked down upon. They were hated by even members of their own family. They wanted nothing to do with them. And so this Pharisee stands up and says, I am not like other men. And I'm especially not like this guy, this tax collector. And, and then the tax collector begins to pray. And all he can do, he will not lift his eyes to heaven to pray. He will just bow his head. And in humility and in anguish and spiritual bankruptcy, he says to God, have mercy on me. I am a wretched sinner. He does not compare himself to other people. He compares himself to God. And says, God, I am not worthy to be in your presence. I am not worthy to even pray to you. I am not worthy of anything of you. I am a sinner. I am lost. I am hopeless. I am wretched. The third character in this story is God. You see, you have the Pharisee who stands up in self-righteousness and says, I am not like anyone else. I am not like those people. I am a good person. You have the tax collector who realizes what a wretch he is and says, Have mercy on me, O God, for I am a sinner. And then you have God who hears both prayers. And what does Jesus say in verse 14? I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This would have sounded so shocking to the people listening to Jesus. It would have sounded uh, just uh, utterly shocking. What do you mean this Pharisee is not declared righteous? The Greek word uh, for um, justified literally means to be declared righteous, to be declared right with God, to be okay with God. That the only one in this story who is declared right with God, the only one declared righteous is the tax collector. The scum of the earth, the worst of the worst. He is declared righteous with God. That's the shocking twist of this story. How many of you like movies that have twists? Anybody like movies with twists and it's like, ooh, I didn't see that coming. That's the twist in this story. That the tax collector is declared righteous with God and the Pharisee is not. 
But see, God doesn't always do things the way we think he should. God doesn't do things the way we think he always, way, the way we think he will. God doesn't do things the way uh, we uh, believe they should be done. No, rather God says to the tax collector, you are right with me. You are okay with me. Your humility makes you okay with me by my grace and mercy. The Pharisee in his self-righteous pride, it walks away not justified. He walks away unrighteous. Because when you trust in your own righteousness, when you trust in your own ability to save yourself, when you trust in your own ability and in your own goodness, when you trust in your own good behavior, when you trust in your own self-righteousness, God wants nothing to do with you. It is a stench in his nostrils. I am convinced that pride and self-righteousness is a stench in the nostrils of God. I remember growing up uh, in Crown Point, and the wind would switch and come off the lake. And it would blow through the steel mills just south of the lake. And the smell that would come <laughs> into town. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That smell would come into town, and it was like, that is the worst smell ever. My dad would say, I work in that every day, Sean. But it was a, a horrible smell, and you knew the wind had switched because it got cold and stinky. That smell, that stench, the, the stench of our self-righteousness, the stench of our pride is even worse than that in the nostrils of God. He can't stand our self-righteousness. And when we start to compare ourselves to others, when you compare yourself to your friends, you compare yourself to your neighbors, you compare yourself to people in the chairs around you, when you start doing the comparison game, when you start comparing yourself to everybody else, you are saying, I'm okay, I'm not like the rest of you people. I'm not like the rest of this world. I'm better than you. And like I said earlier, that manifests itself when we get mad at God for not blessing us the way we think He should. Because it has to do with when we compare ourselves to other people. God, why would you bless that person? Why do they have what I don't have? Why, why would you give them that? I'm a better person than they are. I'm a good Christian. What, what is a good Christian anyway? That's my question. Well, uh, um, uh, I go to church every Sunday. Lots of people go to church every Sunday. Yet their hearts are far from God. I, I, give, I give 10% every week. Okay, lots of people give 10% every week. But your heart is far from God and you hate every single minute of it. I got to write out this check. I got to, I don't want to do it. And you're not a cheerful giver and you're, you're not... Uh, a generous giver and your heart is far from God well I, I put a Jesus sticker on the back of my car I have an in God we trace, trust license plate on my car lots of people have those I watch them zoom by me on the interstate doing 90 miles an hour and God I trust you better because you're not going to get there alive if you don't so lots of people do good things Lots of people do good religious things. Lots of people do good Christian things. But what is the state of our hearts? What is the state of our souls? 
Who are we comparing ourselves to when it comes to being a Christian? When it comes to uh, being a good Christian, whatever that is, who are we comparing ourselves to? If we're comparing ourselves to other people, then we are totally off base. Because Jesus uh, will not compare you to your neighbor. He will not compare you to your spouse. He will not compare you uh, to your children. He will not compare you to your parents. He will not compare you to those people. And you may think to yourself, I am a good Christian. I am a good person. I do good things and I don't do bad things. You know what that tells me? It means you don't think you need Jesus. Because you're defending yourself, you're defending your own sins, you're defending your own behaviors, you're rationalizing your own sinfulness. And when you start comparing yourself to other people, I'm not like them. I don't smoke. I've never tasted a drop of alcohol in my life. I don't cuss. I don't drive over the speed limit. I don't live with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. I'm not gay. Oh, we love that one, don't we? And when we start comparing ourselves to other people, when we say, I am better than them, I am better than those people, it is a stench in the nostrils of God. When we say, I've got it together and they don't, when we compare ourselves, at least I'm not fill in the blank. How many of you have done it? How many of you have done it this week? How many of you have done it today? I am not like them. I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm better. I'm a good Christian. You know what you are? You're a Pharisee. And I am too. Because I do it too. I look at other people and I think I am better than they are. I look at, I watch the news, how could they? I hear stories of, of the failures of other people, and I admit, I feel pretty good about myself sometimes. <laughs> at least I didn't do that. Who am I comparing myself to? Who am I comparing myself to? Am I comparing myself to others? Because again, that's not who Jesus is going to judge me against. No, the, the point is this, before you compare yourself to others, compare yourself to Jesus. Before you compare yourself to others, compare yourself to Jesus because he is the one whom we are graded against. He is the one who kept the law perfectly. He is our model, he is our example, yet he is our savior and our Lord. And he is our judge. And he will not ask you, he will not look at you and say, how did you do compared to your neighbors? How did you do compared to your coworkers? How did you do compared to your classmates? To the kids you went to school with? Are you, were you better than they were? Were you better than your neighbors? Did you, did you go to church four times a month? Three times? Two times a month? <laughs> did you give weekly your 10%? I read my Bible every day, Jesus. Well, good. That's a good thing to do. Did you take it to heart? Did you live it out? I, I prayed. 
I prayed when I went out to eat at the restaurant. I prayed. Who would you do that for? Were you truly thankful for your food or were you showing off to everybody around you? See, it's a pride problem. It's a Pharisee problem and we've all got it. And, and for the next week, okay, for the next seven days, when you feel that pride creeping up in you, when you feel that pharisaical attitude come along, when you start to judge others and look at others and compare yourself to others, when those words come to your mind, at least I don't do that, Remember who you are to compare yourself to. Remember these words. Before you compare yourself to others, compare yourself to Jesus. Oh, you know what? I, I don't measure up so well, do I? I don't love like Jesus. I'm not kind like Jesus. I'm not caring like Jesus. I don't have mercy like Jesus. I don't have grace like Jesus. And so maybe instead of looking at other people and wondering why are they so blessed and why am I so unblessed, maybe instead of looking at others and going, why are they so bad, maybe instead of comparing ourselves to other people, we can compare ourselves to Christ and say, this is what I need to live up to. You know, it, there's, a, there's a joke about a, uh, two guys walking through the forest and they come across a bear and they start to run away from the bear and one stops to tie his shoes. And what do you tie your shoes for? You're never going to outrun that bear. He says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I have to outrun you. Instead of trying to outrun other people, instead of trying to be better than other people, let's try to be more like Jesus. And that means being humble before him. That means being less pharisaical before him. That means less judging of other people. It means less comparing ourselves to others, thinking that we deserve better than we deserve more. I want to share with you a, a, a verse of Scripture. It goes along with what this passage says. It's James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, He gives grace generously. This is God. God gives grace generously. As the Scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Heavenly Father, how we need to be humble. We need to drop the pride. We need to drop the Pharisees, Pharisaical attitudes. We need to stop comparing ourselves to others and instead find our example in Jesus. Lord God, we are full of ourselves. We are full of selfishness and pride. We are Pharisees. Forgive us for our sins. Have mercy on us, O oh God, for we are more like the tax collector in reality. May we be humble before you, crying out to you on a daily basis for mercy. May we look at others with a heart of compassion. May we look at others with hearts of humility. That we will not judge, but rather we will treat others as people who will be judged. Help us to love those all around us as Jesus does.